Okay. Um, it's probably good. I think it's just sad and tired. Sad and tired. Aren't we all? Okay, let's get started. Aren't let's we all? <laughs> my my thoughts exactly. Okay, let's go, go, go. Uh, uh, I want to get go, as, uh, go, as go, far go. in as we can. That's right, it's a special election edition of Think Outside the Box Set. And uh, everyone, be sure to remember to vote next week when this comes out. Uh, definitely don't forget and leave it till after that because that'll be too late. Cameron, have you decided you who you're to- voting for? <laughs> you mean today, right? I can't tell if this is part of the bit. Well, <laughs> how am I, I going to be able to do bits if you're just calling them out as bits? Okay, I'll, I'll, ed- I'll edit this out. I'll edit this out and we'll get a clean cut and I'll play along. Okay. I um I'm I am voting for Jojo Urgensen, I believe is his name. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Because of liberty. Because, because of liberty. Uh I'm still one of those undecided voters, Cameron. I just don't know if I if I want to, if I feel like voting for Donald Trump again, you know? <laughs> I mean, we got to give the guy a chance. I mean, it's only been 4 years. Like what like, I mean, we, what could he do with eight years? I mean, what could he do with eight years? Like, we, I mean, Obama got eight years, right? Well, I, I was raised to believe in redemption for anyone, um, at any time, for any reason. <laughs> for so. any reason. <laughs> uh, do you remember when Dave Chappelle said on SNL, let's just give him a chance? <laughs> That was cool. That was great. One of the cooler things he said. Yeah, I also love uh, how SNL uh, had him host the show, and he was like all dancing to Hotline Bling. That was definitely not one of the most embarrassing things to ever happen on TV. <laughs> I thought it was very cool. Wait, did Trump host SNL or did Dave Chappelle host SNL? They both SNL? did at separate times. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. boy. So, oh, boy. everyone, remember to go out and do your civic duty and vote next week. Uh, I was looking at my ballot and like reading just out of curiosity, some of the statements of, um, I think it was like for one of the, uh, you know, Oregon senators. And I like read the, uh, a blurb from, uh, one of the libertarian candidates mm-hmm. and he just straight up said, until we have a truly libertarian government and society, we need to keep our, our borders uh, closed. And I was like, You're, y'all don't even believe what you say you're believing anymore. <laughs> you're so full of bullshit. It's just so clear. Yeah, at least Gary Johnson was just like kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. He was kind of a little clown. Those could be fun if they're yeah. not scary. Yeah, so elections definitely not making me feel existential dread at every single moment and uh, interfering with my sleep. Um, but uh, at least there's drugs for that. So, uh, oh yeah, I guess we should talk about the thing that we're here to talk about. Um, this is a podcast about learning to appreciate an artist's back catalog. Hi, I'm Nathan Hunt. I'm Cameron DeWitt. I'm Becca DeWitt. Oh uh, yeah, joining us again, our special season-long guest host our special correspondent our taylor swift guest expert guest spurt so i'm joining you today from taylor's backyard (laughs) oh how's her (laughs) lockdown going (laughs) 
Not good enough. Is she going to private islands like uh, wherever the Kardashians were, whoever that was this past week? I mean, I bet she has if she has an island in Hawaii. I guess she does have her own Th- private this island. This is something... You, you, she does have an... She has her own island. I think it's in Hawaii. So, if if that's... Well, let's look it up, and then we'll put it in the learning. I'm going to search Google uh, Maps. Taylor. Taylor. Swift. Swift. Private. Island. Um, where is it? Um... Oh, apparently it's in Rhode Island. No, no, that's uh, that's that's a state. That's not her. It's unless she owns the whole state. <laughs> I mean, she's probably rich enough. It's not a it's not a very rich state. Look, there's a lot of stuff about her having a huge thing on Rhode Island. Becca, is it possible that you just heard Rhode Island? <laughs> okay, so here's my informant. My informant on this one was my coworker, avid fan of the show. Hey. hey. Is Shout that true? Out. No. Okay. Nobody's an He does not know that the show exists. And First and last well. name, huh? I'm quite sure. That's going to mean a lot to him. Edit, edit, edit that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but he was traveling in, um, I think it actually might have been in Mexico, uh, off the Gulf Coast, and did a tour, and one of the things they saw was Taylor Swift's private island. Oh, okay. Because so I was going to say, we've been talking a, a lot about whether or not like Taylor Swift is woke. Um, and I feel like if basically if any white person owns a, a Hawaiian Island, that's bad. <laughs> then you're a bad yeah. person. That's, that's my personal take. Well, is that better? I mean, is it better to own a Island in Mexico though? Well, there's a lot, I guess what I'm trying to say is there, there are a lot of islands in the world that haven't been particularly habitated like or there's no indigenous people there like that's a thing that exists sure i mean there probably were indigenous people there at some point maybe at some point but but like if you own an island that wasn't then you didn't have to take it from anyone then i don't know yeah i've yeah i don't think it's great to own an island period but if yeah there are some islands that i think are worse to own yeah and that's just my personal hot take on the situation Hot takes, hot takes. We listened to 1989. But we I did just it listened in to it for the first time this morning. Yeah. yeah. And boy, it's a lot changed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is Taylor Swift's uh, first full-on pop record, and it's like an 80s pop record. I think that it's a little bit too long, and it gets a little lost in the weeds. But the, I think the beginning of this is really great. Yeah. I really, really enjoy, like the first half and then it kind of wanes. Um, but especially these first few songs. I think she's really starting to like with this album, she's really, really tuning it up with the amount of stuff that she's releasing via music video. I realized after listening to this album, I know a lot of the songs on it, but I think I know them almost exclusively because of the music videos associated with them. There were four, four or five songs on here. I'd never heard. I've seen the Bad Blood music video, though, or specifically the Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. one, which I think is, I've said on the show before, I think is a better version of that song than the one without him. Yes. Uh, and that one ha- is, is very star-studded. Yes, indeed. It has Lena Dunham mm. in it. The skies were all Cindy Crawford. <laughs> and I think, I think the whole song is i mean maybe we'll get into it but isn't it all like a katie perry yeah beef song yeah. yeah yeah so much beef yeah where's Slam. the beef it's in the song right there 
Go squash that beef. Uh, and and I was excited in the beginning of this album because it was like, oh, these songs are really cynical about love. Mm-hmm. And in a way that's like edgy in a way that I thought was kind of exciting to hear from her because she's just, I don't know, to me said a lot of annoying things <laughs> that seem like bad patterns of cyclical like romance. And I liked some of the moments in the beginning of this album that were like, all right, we're just doing this and uh, this is how it's going to go. And we all know how this ends and we're doing it because we want to do it. Uh, not because we're destined to do it, you know? Um, and I kind of appreciated that. Should we just jump into the songs? Do we have any other background stuff? I mean, we could talk about how successful this album is. How successful At, at this is point, it? we've, you know, are very familiar, I think, with her being successful. Um, it's very collaborative. And it seems like she, there's one song on here, at least in the genius lyrics, and I don't know how they order the song credits, but there's one song where I had to click the ampersand more in order to see Taylor Swift's name in the writing credits, Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was particularly mm-hmm. uh, telling. Yeah, so she worked a lot with Shellback and, oh, shucks. Jack Antonoff, I believe, of Max Fun. Max Martin? She did, but that's not... Yeah, Max Martin is the person I'm thinking of is credited as a co-producer on the album okay. along with Nathan Chapman, and this is the last um, album that Nathan Chapman produces with her. Hmm. Um, so she's starting to like really heavily... She leans on Max... Max what's his face? And Shellback a lot in the writing on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Burchette, who was the president of Big Machine Records, she really wanted to make an album that was like squarely within the pop genre, and according to the wiki... Uh, he fought her on it and wanted her to do three country songs. And she was like, nah, yeah. I'm doing a pop I record. thought that was really yeah. interesting in, in the Wikipedia. Um, what did they say? It's It, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, Scott Borchetta, president of Swift's then-label Big Machine, tried to get her to do three country songs <laughs> and ultimately accepted that Big Machine would not promote those new songs to country radio. I just p- picture him, like, dejectedly, like, putting his head down and being like, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> if we gotta. Um, I think that's. I think that's it. Of the, you know, it was successful. It won two Grammys. That's probably worth saying. It was nominated for eight and won two. How um, many Grammys does Taylor Swift have? That's a great question. All told, I think she has like six hundred and twenty-eight somewhere in that range. Sounds about right. Most people, people Total technically have two. Most people do. Do do I have two? Um, um. Yeah, I think like typically. <laughs> I technically have two Grammys. Huh. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. good to know. I'll start putting that on my resume. Yeah, and, two, and two Grammys. <laughs> oh, God. God damn it. You got me. Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, with that, let's fucking get into the songs. Welcome to New York. <laughs> Everybody here wanted something more. For a sound we hadn't heard before And I said, welcome to New York It's been waiting for you Welcome to New York Welcome to New York Welcome to New York It's been waiting for you Welcome to New York Well, <laughs> did, this, did, did this make anyone feel like New York, uh fetishization feelings did it work on anyone 
Um, not really. I, I know New York too well to be taken in by that. <laughs> You've been burned yeah. before. <laughs> it's, it also... It didn't make me... F- no, go ahead. It didn't make me feel uh, like New York nostalgia, but it did make me feel just like excited about life. And I loved that this album opened with a song that was not about a man and did not mention men at all. There were zero men's mentioned. Well, New York City is a man's la- Lady town. Lady Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> Your joke is better, Cameron. Cut Thank mine you. out. <laughs> <laughs> I, Airbrush I, that yeah. joke. <laughs> I felt the same way. I felt like, hey, this is Taylor Swift singing about herself and her aspirations in her career. Yeah. And I feel like even though this song is just sort of, uh, uh, it's just sort of evoking New York and New York feelings and like, I don't know, that sort of, uh, (laughs) it's not really exploring what New York is and it's not saying anything new about it, but I was like, I care more about this because this is about you and not about another celebrity boy that you've dated or Devin or whatever his name was from the first album. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Devin. <laughs> What's up, Devin? Uh, yeah, I, I I cared about it more. Honestly, I think the way the song builds, like when I was just hearing that sound sample, I felt like... Oh, this feels like kind of like a generic pop song. But if you listen to it from the beginning, I think it builds in a really fun way. Yeah. And and it, I think it's a great way to open an album, too. Do you want to play the sound sample that says this is a great album opening? Yeah, I do. I wish you would. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fun. I like yeah. that. I, I like anything that, you know, has like, kind of like, I mean, there's a lot of Robin-esque stuff on this album. The guy from Batman? And obviously, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> obviously Robin does it better um, because he's an acrobat and because... <laughs> um, uh, his compelling backstory with Two Face, um, but it—I still like that that stuff. Um, I wish I knew it was happening. I like that style. <laughs> <laughs> do you know who I mean? No, no I don't. Do you know, like I'm Robin, the Swedish, the Swedish I'm pop star. Still dancing on my own. She just call your girlfriend. To talk. Well, you're, you're trying to tell me about um, who a person is. None and you're just of these singing boys can dance. <laughs> Is this person I'm a song? I'm in the corner watching you kiss her. Whoa. She's sort of this queer icon, Swedish pop star. She's kind of amazing. Uh, she's been around for a while, but she's still making new stuff. And a lot of the the production is, is similar. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to do so. music for our <laughs> sure. episode, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, keep doing it. I was kind of enjoying a Robin medley. <laughs> None of these boys can dance. Uh, None of these bonds can spend the bird. <laughs> I believe None it's with a Y. None of you thrill me like we, a oh. we should cover L Robin album sometime yeah. for uh, 
sometime we should do Alana Del Rey, maybe whole season. Um, but hey, you. But just Hi. just to like, there's been a lot of borrowing of Lana Del Rey and yeah. in this album of Robin. Yeah. And I think it would be worth exploring those at least a little mm. bit, maybe and as Lana. a palate cleanser. Mm. And Lana on this album, Wildest Dreams. Yep. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, so I really. I really liked that opening. Um, I also thought that it was cool how there was... Once the verse starts in this song, there's no percussion until some claps at 52 seconds. And then the drums come in at one minute. Mm. And I I just think it builds really nicely. Uh, Yeah. Do you want to play that sound sample? There's a claps. So dancey. I I like like electro pop uh, songs that sound kind of sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's something about it that kind of sounds somber yeah. and like kind of serious and like kind of like a like making out in a car while it's raining or something mm-hmm. like it has that it, kind it, of vibe sad, to it. Sad to you. Uh, you and like I just, out. yes. <laughs> Boo hoo. I'm making out. <laughs> also, it's, it's just like kind of serious. Yeah. <laughs> so back to the future is, scene. Yeah. That's what that brings oh up God. Me. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> yuck. Um, yep, well, all right. Wait, the one where he kisses his mom. Yep. Okay. I want to kiss your dad. <laughs> that, that is a reference for I don't know three people. <laughs> Are you criticizing my jokes on the air, Cameron? <laughs> no, I'm saying I, I like how obscure. You it like is. how niche it is. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, um, that is from local uh, now I think defunct band Don Juan Peligroso, uh, and maybe I'll put a link in the learning links. But there's a part that says I want to kiss your dad. Mm. Um, kiss your dad oh, straight on the really lips. Tickling me. The, the, the number of things that are going under the learning links that are just not applicable to any other situation, but <laughs> you gotta learn, gotta learn about, about these. You gotta references. learn about Don Juan Peligroso. <laughs> any? How are you gonna connect with people? <laughs> anyone else have anything to say about this? We should move oh, on. I was just we gonna say, like, on. sad synth pop. Um, it makes me. I mean, this is my personal reference for it. Um, uh, is the band Chaos Chaos? Um, they're okay. an extremely sad sounding. Uh, uh, synth pop band probably most famous for having a song in a Rick and Morty episode uh, during a, a a scene where Rick uh, comes, comes very close to killing himself so I, mm. I just kept thinking of Man, Chaos Chaos someday, in this someday in our What's in the Box weekly Patreon bonus feed you should tell me more about Rick and Morty because it seems like it's a very complicated piece of culture oh yeah um, but but it it seems like it might not be entirely the show's fault. Uh, and I'm just kind of curious to hear more. About I that. think that's we'll yeah, save, pretty accurate. Save it for the pod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to next one. I guess, is it just, do we want to, are we doing this one or skipping it? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about blank, blank space. space. I think it's worth talking about. Good for a weekend. 
I think this song's great because this is the like very cynical, like it's kind of dark mm-hmm. in a, in a way. It's just like you know, no bullshit. This is how it's gonna go. Um, you know, uh, there's this really dark lyric in the third verse where she says, uh, "You're the king, baby. I'm your queen." Did you say? Wait, hang Find on, hang on, stop, you- stop, stop. Did you say you're, you're the, the king, king baby. baby, or you're the king, comma baby? <laughs> You're the king of babies. You're the king, baby. Uh, Once again, uh, adult baby play uh, has worked its way (laughs) into the show. I don't know how this keeps (laughs) happening, but I guess we should make some new merch. (laughs) I think it's Nathan. I think we can blame Nathan. By the way, from the non-Nathan episode a while ago, uh, I think this is just a call out. If someone wants to make us a... um, a, uh, a Stone Cold Jane Austen shirt. I think that would be really great. Um, we'll work out some sort of deal with you. We'll, we'll split the sp- split yeah. the money. We'll, we'll figure it yeah. out. <laughs> For my great joke and your artwork that took a lot more effort. Yeah. That seems about equal to me. Uh, I, as I was saying, the lyric, you're the king, comma, baby, comma, I'm your queen. And then here's where it gets dark. Find out. I mean, that's dark too. Major. Uh, I mean, uh, 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 what's the word? Monarchy. Yes, it's bad. It no, is no good. Uh, find out what you want. Be that girl for a month. Wait, the worst is yet to come. Oh no. I think that's like a really good lyric, and it's a huge bummer. Um, but I, I think that level of insightfulness is pretty. Uh-huh pretty new for taylor in the in this song yeah i think you're taking the lyrics of this song to at face value though because i don't think taylor i think taylor is doing a caricature of media portrayals of herself in this song i do not think she is being sincere i think she is this is an f you to the media i think she's saying oh this is who you think i am fine here's here here is the caricature of Taylor that you keep portraying in the media. Yeah, there's there's a bit on the on the genius here that quotes an interview that she gave to GQ where she says some of the things I wrote about on a song like Blank Space are satire. Um, yeah, just huh. to like you know really spell it out. Interesting. Um, and I I think that makes a lot of sense because she's kind of like leaning into this, like I guess kind of like kind of like leaning into like I it, isn't there isn't there like a a, a, a well worn genre of like I'm a bitch style songs. Isn't that like a, a pretty common thing? Am I, am I making that up? Am I thinking of something? Do you know what I'm thinking of? Like Creep by Radiohead? <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> I'm a bitch. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. <laughs> uh, Maybe I'm just thinking of that uh, song by Meredith. What's her name? Oh, yeah. Where she says yeah. I'm a bitch, right? Yeah. I'm a bitch. I'm a bitch. Seems like you guys know that song really well. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys write that song? Uh, You just know it inside and out. Might as well have. Um, No, but she's like, she's really leaning into it and being like, oh yeah, you're writing these things about me? Well, this is, you know, I'm just going to do a send up of it. Take that. Yeah, I... I'm trying to decide if that ruins it Ah. for me. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching the music video for this and thinking, part of the thing that I've been asking myself, like off the record for Taylor for this whole season is 
like, why do I find her so fascinating? I mean, I know a lot of people do for a lot of different reasons, but like, what is it about her that speaks to me? And watching this, I was thinking about how committed she is to being in control of her own narrative, hmm. which strikes me as a necessary step for any woman in the United States. Maybe for any person, but especially for women, I feel like there is this, like, decision that has to be made at some point that you are going to take control of what you look like and what you do with your body and how you act and what it means. Um, and yeah. And Taylor does that extremely aggressively, like her entire career. And I really relate to and admire that. And this song particularly feels that way to me when she does the music video, there are several moments when she really specifically makes eye contact with the camera Mm. on specific lines. And it feels like what she's saying is like, this is me, right? Mm. You know, right media? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't this who I am? And yeah. I think a big part of what she's saying is like, you don't get to decide. You don't get to decide what my romance means or, you know, every mm. every time you encapsulate who I am in some like pithy tabloid, you, you're going to get it wrong and you're going to miss parts of me and I can caricature myself even better than you can caricature me. Which I also think is really important given that she's coming off of a season of tons and tons and tons of tabloid criticism for dating a lot of different yeah. men. Which it's a is shitty and sexist and it's a real uh, like Cyrano yeah. de Bergerac type uh, type scene uh, there's this there's a scene in Cyrano de Bergerac where he he run he the dude has a long nose okay and he runs into these uh, I know this mostly from Wishbone and the movie Roxanne starring Steve Martin because um, I don't think I've ever read Cyrano de Bergerac uh, in a non-summary but he like runs into some Can we link assholes, the wishbone in the some le- bullies in the learning links. Yeah, I'll link the wishbone yeah, episode in the that. learning links. <laughs> the more you better. You know. <laughs> um, so he he's got a he's got a long honker, and he runs into some assholes who are bullying him, and they're like, "Well, sir, you have a very long nose," and that's their like insult to him. And then he spends like the next five <laughs> minutes just schooling them, being like, "What you should have said was your nose is so big, blah blah blah." And he j- he just like belittles them for their lack <laughs> of ability to uh, insult him well. That's yeah. great. That is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she started doing that mm-hmm. here. She's being a real wild and crazy guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> That's that's what I was getting at. You're right, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> she plays the banjo. Mm-hmm. She, she, she's Cyrano de Bergerac. Uh, it's all coming together. She's been Steve Martin this whole time. <laughs> she There's a couple fun trivia things I dug up about this song. One of them is that it was the fastest Vivo video to reach a billion views ever. A billion? Jesus. Which again, like... What? Yeah. A b- 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 billion? At least at the time that it came out. I don't know That's if it's... so many. But yes, at the time that it came out. It's so many. And again, talking about Taylor's marketing chops, like really heavily leaning into video editing. She, she hired Joseph Kahn, who's this person who does a lot of music videos to do a lot of the music videos for this album and obviously very successfully. Um, also, the song Shake It Off was on the Billboard um, Top 100 for four weeks and then Blank Spaces knocked that other Taylor Swift song off of the billboard, which made her the first woman ever to knock her own song off of the number one top billboard spot. Wow. Huh. She's just like playing bocce ball with her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, thank you. I'll take that. Mm. Yoink. (laughs) Pass relay. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Uh, I think that her, her persona 
in her lyrical delivery. Do you have more to say? I do. I want to say one more thing. Please. I think that that juxtaposition, we just talked about how Taylor Swift is breaking records all over the board still again with her fifth studio album. And the thing that is being talked about in the media is the fact that she's dated a lot of men. I think that that juxtaposition is really important. I just yeah. like, again, the pre- prevailing narratives about Taylor Swift are all about how many boys she's dated or how her songs are aren't catty or her feud with, you know, Katy Perry and she has broken so many records that we don't we only have time to cover two or three of them every episode and that is not what is talked about you know yeah anyway and and I really like the way she treats it too in the chorus she says got a long list of ex-lovers they'll tell you I'm insane because you know I love the players and you love the game Uh, skip a few lines Uh, we'll take this way too far it'll leave you breathless or with a nasty scar got a long list of ex-lovers they'll tell you I'm insane but I've got a blank space baby and I'll write your name like the way she just like leans into it with her uh, little image of the the long list that she's gonna a- keep adding more names mm. to is just like it's a great little fuck you. Uh, I was gonna say I think her persona in the way that she delivers, uh, especially the spoken parts or the non singing parts. Um, in her songs, she's tried to do a lot of like fake laughs before, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a mo- in this song, and also in uh, I think it's in "Shake It Off." She does like a, a dorky little chortle at one point. I don't know if I got a <laughs> a dorky little a- chortle. Is that the name of the episode? Please make that the a name. Dorkle of the for short. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh man, I want that to be the name of my biography. A little <laughs> it's a good thing to say. You did good. You're You've right. Done well, okay. Well, I'll take that back. back. Uh, uh, do you, you want to play the sound sample that says a very reined-in faux laugh? Yes. Come back each time you leave, cause darling, I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream. Yeah, it's that's barely a laugh more of a catch of breath yeah i i think it's i mean it's obviously affected but i i feel like with the cynicism in this song it feels uh, it feels very purposeful and like just the right amount it kind of feels like shania twain like it's it's this performance and you like it because it's a performance Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, uh, I, I took one that said big Shania energy. I think it's another t- toxing part. Mm, yeah. And my hand, I can make the bad guys good for a weekend. Totally Shania energy. Yeah. It's, it's very camp. It's very silly. Um, but it feels like it's serving a purpose. Um, which is, yeah, this sort of like parodying satirical, cynical, uh, kind of thing and yeah I don't know I like it uh, also this is one of the only Taylor Bridges that I think is that, that I've really liked Who's Taylor Bridges um, is that because... uh, is related to <laughs> Jeff Bridges or Bo Bridges uh huh um, I believe the second cousin the 198th cousin ninth tangent okay they call her the dudette now that's a bridge too far <laughs> Uh, so it gets really stripped down production wise. And she also like sometimes in a bridge, it's, 
it's used as a, a a place in the in the lyrics where you can say, and if you hadn't put it together, what this song is about, let me spell it out for you real clear. And uh, I think that's annoying usually when that happens in a bridge. I like that in this song, it's just this really simple uh, little idea that resonates with the rest of the song, but it's it's its own little thesis statement. Um, yeah, do you want to play that yeah. sample, please? And I'll write your name, boys. Only one love if it's torture. Don't say I didn't say I didn't warn ya. Boys, only one love if it's torture. Don't say I didn't say I didn't warn ya. God damn those harmonies, right? The stacks of the harmonies, yeah. Really good. It's really nice. Is that uh, Taylor Swift doing all of those, uh, all of those stacks? Do you think? It, it sounded, it sounded like it to me. Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. I, I mean, there are other people credited on this album with background vocals. Um, well, maybe it's them. But I don't know about. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, it looks like uh, this song, at least on the Genius, is credited background vocals to Taylor Swift. Well, there it is. Yeah. Should we talk about style? Should we talk about Shake It Off next? Sure. We've been if we're talking, talking about, about priorities of songs, yeah, yeah Shake It Off is right, pr- pretty yeah. important. Then we can get to less important stuff. Very sax. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Cameron, it's because of you that I'm a Barry Sachs fetishist. Um, you pointed the how awesome Barry Sachs's sound <laughs> in every single song that uses them. You pointed out one time to me years and years and years ago, and every time I hear him now, I'm like, yeah, that does sound fucking awesome. I love this. That That is why this song yeah. is good. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the best instruments. I don't know why there isn't one in every band in every yeah. genre. I mean, he's, the 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 saxophonist is playing something that's like it's fairly simple, like melodically. Um, it's essentially almost like playing a bass line in a way, um, just like hitting the one note in a rhythmically interesting way. Uh, but it sounds yeah. so good, and the timbre is just so cool. It's it's the perfect balance of fun and sexy. It's not too sexy to be upsetting. Yeah. But it's just, it's mostly fun, but a little sexy. Definitely, a li- at least a little sexy. Mm. <laughs> Which instruments are upsettingly sexy? Oh, um, I the mean, <laughs> I mean, just like really. <laughs> uh, I'm no, a dildophonist. Uh, <laughs> the dildo phone. I play the dildo phone. <laughs> Okay, uh, I think we should move on. I don't think I'm going to say anything funnier than that. Um, this, I end- the vibra slap. Uh, oh, that is kind of upsetting. Yeah, actual instrument. I wish I had one to uh, sample right now. Leading up to releasing her album, she used Shake It Off to tease the album. And so I listen to this. 
she began teasing about an announcement in August of 2014. This album was released in October of 2014. On August 4th, she posted a video on Instagram in which she pushes the number 18 in an elevator. On August 6th, she tweeted an image of the time 5 o'clock and the next day a screenshot from a Yahoo homepage. She later confirmed on August 13th, 2014 on the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon that a Yahoo live stream session would take place on August 18th, 2014 at 5 p.m. During the live stream, Swift announced her upcoming fifth album and premiered its lead single. She's so good at involving her fans in like the 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 Taylor Swift world. It kind of makes me think of Disney and how Disney's goal is to like create this whole alternative world that people can you know, be a part of. It's like the whole Disney experience. And Taylor Swift is really, really yeah, good at that. Yeah, she's doing like a whole Taylor Swift ARG. She- almost. <laughs> <laughs> also, I this is, yeah, this is a huge derail, but Becca, I think you're the only person under the age of like probably 58 who says Yahoo instead of Yahoo. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> I just always want to have a party, you know? It's more fun. She was on a Yahoo uh, live stream promoting her album. Uh, I forgot what Yahoo is. That's what it is. I mean, honestly, I just feel old for knowing what (laughs) Yahoo is and that I'm having conversations with other people who know what it is. And I. (laughs) That's right. It's very old of us to be like talking about how to pronounce <laughs> this basically defunct yeah. website. Yeah, who's the old one now, Oopsies. Nathan? <laughs> Do you say AOL or I you say one more owl? Thing to say about- <laughs> Guess who she performed this song with who did backing vocals and bass? Um, Donny Hathaway? It's me, Paul McCartney. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Whoa, Paul. Paul. Yup, first of all, me. I came in from my old friend Tay Tay. First of all, you sound really different than you normally do when you come on the show. Uh, yeah, I have to agree. Um, I think it's worth noting that, Paul, you've collaborated with Kanye and Taylor Swift. That's right. Yes, I have. It's I me, it's, Paul McCartney. I think it's very diplomatic of you to not take sides. Mm. Uh, was it Kanye that... Ever, that uh, that that uh, that Paul that you collaborated with recently, and everyone was making jokes about how um, huh? Kanye was so nice to bring some attention to such an old uh, man that nobody's ever heard of. Do you remember that? Let's. I just just say it again, Nathan, because uh, uh, you, there was a there was a recent Paul out. McCartney collaboration. Uh, where people were making jokes. Yeah, um, it's like four or five seconds to midnight or something. Uh, yeah, it was with Rihanna was and Kanye West and Paul McCartney. Oh, uh, okay. And there was a music okay, video. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, I was just trying to remember things. Yeah, and, every, and <laughs> it's not yeah, everyone was just like, all, all of the Gen Zers and millennials were just like, Who's this old white dude on this video with Kanye West and Rihanna? I think is this somebody who like I I really think Kanye West discovered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was a very good bit that everyone was doing. And I think some people like didn't get the bit or started playing along without realizing it was a bit. But I do think it started as a bit. Yeah, probably. Does that sound right, Paul? I'm Paul McCartney and I certify this message. Oh, blimey. 
I'm Australian these I want days. Some chips. <laughs> oh, and by chips, I mean French so fries, as you, as you Yanks call them. <laughs> oh boy. <clears throat> uh, so. Uh, <laughs> I have a question to get us yeah. back on track. Please. Is this video appropriative? This is the criticism that has been levied against well, it. Well, we've talked about this before. I think. I think no. I think it. It seems very. I think it makes sense that it's it's a bunch of different genres. I'm sorry, listeners. You don't get to be involved. We've talked about this before. <laughs> so we're talking about... <laughs> Conversation over. You the missed music it. video for Shake It Off, <laughs> in which Taylor Swift and a bunch of other people like go through tons of different genres of dance, essentially, uh, including ballet, which has some very, very fun uh, sequences of Taylor Swift just like shaking her booty in a tutu, which is a very fun image I don't think I've seen elsewhere because it makes the frilly little ring bounce around in really fun ways. Um, but then she gets into like a bunch of like hip hop <laughs> dance and stuff. Um, and I, I guess I hadn't heard, I, she does like a Lady Gaga pastiche essentially at one point. Um, and people, uh-huh. I guess people are saying, I hadn't heard it was appropriative. I hadn't heard much about this video, but to me it just seems like she's referencing and pastiching just tons of different stuff. And I guess you could call that appropriative, but it, I, w- I would say that it would be appropriative like well, okay, first of all, it is appropriative in just the sense that like you're appropriating other genres or cultures, etc. And like there has to be a difference between like misappropriation and appropriation. But obviously she is appropriating another thing that's outside of her wheelhouse. Would you say she's appropriately oh appropriating? <laughs> and and yeah, and that is what we're talking about. And yes, I I th- I think she is cuz she's I don't think she's doing anything offensive what she's saying is i look like a fool next to these people and it's funny and it's like a good bit she brings on like legitimate masters of these uh forms of dance to like do the and she's like having them dance along with her while she is like also trying to do the dance but she's clearly not as good as the ones who are really masters of it this reminds me of a um uh there's this old time band called uncle Earl with Abigail yeah. Washburn um, and um, Raina Gellert. And I forget the other two people. Those are the people that I, that are mostly I'm familiar mm-hmm. with. And um, they did this music video, which was a, a Kung Fu movie parody where they, are in this like some sort of like Chinese restaurant and uh, they're, they end up doing this like Kung Fu scene, but it's, but it's like this fight scene where they're doing like traditional, like Irish step dancing. It's, it's very, it's very silly. And they play up a lot of the like Kung Fu, like kind of stereotypes Um, like the, you know, the dubbing, not matching the, the mouth and a lot of that kind of thing. And, um, I don't know. They made it like 12, 15 years ago, long time ago. Um, some of my friends are in it. Um, and like last year there was sort of a reckoning in the general, like American trad music community where one of my other friends who's Chinese was just like, Hey, how come no one's talked about how this music video fucking sucks? And like how we're just like, my, 
my culture is just made to be a punchline mm-hmm. and just something that doesn't have its own dignity and it's just like silly to them. And then, uh, yeah, it didn't end up being like a huge fight. Mostly people were just like, yeah, you're kind of right. This does suck. I was into it at the time, but looking at this with like, you know, 2018 or 19 eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This sucks, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I feel like that, that was, it was, it was being, it was silliness and it was like this, we're doing this because it's silly, not because it's something that's valuable. And I think what separates shake it off video is that Taylor is saying that she is adorable in the midst of all of these extremely competent yeah. people. And obviously she's competent too, but it's like, that's the persona and I think, and that's the gag. And I think it's yeah. great. I think it's cute. And, and it, I think it she, works. She definitely like showcases dancers who are like really good at the styles of dancing that she's incorporating in the music video too, which I think is also an important thing. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's she, not like productive. and she centers herself, but that's what, you do in music videos where you hire dancers is you center yourself to do something. And then the dancers are there to do background things. It's not a dance piece. It's a music video with dancing in it. So I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm into it. Cool. Yeah, I am too. I just know that that is a criticism that's been levied against it and was curious what your thoughts were. Yeah. I, I would be interested to hear a criticism from I think specifically people were mad at her for having hip hop dancers and women twerking Mm -hmm. and stuff. And that was sort of fresh from, we were all fresh from, I think if I'm getting the timeline, right. Miley Cyrus, I think twerking at the VMAs Hmm. and Miley Cyrus, also a country star who decided to start doing, um, different kinds of black music and, and, um, coding in that way and having kind of a new persona and basically, you know, the whole conversation was about how she was able to, you know, kind of try on blackness for a bit, get ridiculed for it, and then stop whenever she was ready. And then she did. And then she made like another kind of like country adjacent album and it's all okay, you know. And that was like part of the yeah, conversation of white privilege is that, you know, white people get to be, get to participate in blackness t- until they're tired of it and then they can move on and black people don't get to do that. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I don't feel like, I th- I think people are just feeling sensitive from that just happening in the culture and I feel like it was misplaced, but I would be, I'd be curious I mean, to think, hear. Uh, Taylor Swift one. was misplaced or Miley Cyrus, uh, controversy was misplaced. Taylor Swift. Okay. I think that, I think, I think the conversation about Miley Cyrus is, I mean, it's complicated because there's a lot of weird slut shaming stuff in there too (laughs) that I don't approve of. Exactly, (laughs) you know, and like, and also, I'm not saying that that Miley Cyrus shouldn't be twerking or collaborating with black artists or whatever. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, she was she was at that time collaborating with Robin Thicke, which fucking sucks. You know, (laughs) you know, uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, I'd be interested to see if there's like I don't know if I need to be proven wrong. I would like to be. about this uh what else do we need to talk about in this album bad blood sure yeah let's talk about it
Hey. Hey. <lacht> <lacht> Uh, yeah, does anyone know about what the beef is? Yeah, I do, because I read up on it a bunch one night, late at night. Mm. For the show or for <laughs> no, your own edification? For my, for my own edification. <laughs> okay, cool. You want to yes, hear I about do. it? Yeah. She and Katie, She and Katy Perry had been mad love. And then uh, the story goes that two of Taylor's backup dancers left her tour to go join Katy Perry's tour. And they had previously worked with Katy Perry and they were like part of Taylor's tour and then like left to join Katy Perry's tour. And Taylor felt uh, very like betrayed by that because it, it left her kind of scrambling to find new backup dancers. It was like a very short timeline. Um, and Katy Perry's take on it is like, I didn't ask them to do this. They just like, they knew me. They'd worked with me before. They knew that they were welcome back and they decided to come back. And Well, this seems like Taylor's being super mm. petty then. It does seem why like she, Taylor's being pretty petty. It's why interesting. She, why don't she just give them more money or give them better dancing to do? <laughs> <laughs> if they want to work with Katy Perry, why the hell not? I mean, I think the, the concern is I'm sure it takes quite a long time to train backup dancers for a live world tour. And I think, I don't know, but I think they left on a fairly short timeline. And so I think there's, you know, a minor legitimate contract grievance of like, hey, it's expensive and challenging to train new backup dancers. It's not just like a thing you quickly do. But I agree with you. It does seem like interesting that she's this pissed about it. I think it's really yucky. And if if it's to be taken seriously, and if not, it seems like it's just like a cynical like like PR we're going to like lean into this public feud because it's interesting and it'll get people interested in Katy Perry and in Taylor Swift and it'll be beneficial, you know, for there to be a beef or something, which I also think is kind of yucky, but I'm a little more understandable, you know? Yeah. I suppose it's possible. It's getting to the point where I don't know how serious to take Taylor. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, and I think there's also this other element of like, this song is really intense but it's also a bit tongue-in-cheek isn't the right isn't the right word but it's not like dear john where she's clearly actually legitimately really upset and hurt you know this song isn't like a hate song this song is like could be taylor just sort of this could be self-parody taylor could kind of be saying like you know this is silly like i'm equating this thing that happened on the stage to like being shoved out of a window stories up by my like intimate spy partner, you know, uh-huh. I, I mean, I think there's an argument for that too, that like, I mean, how, how seriously is Taylor? She might be mad at Katy Perry, but like this, she, it's not like she's gutting, like drawing and quartering P- Katy Perry in this. She's, this is a very playful at the same time as it's dramatic song and music video. What has Katy Perry done lately? Has, has she, is she still making music? She's okay. still making music. Is she less yeah. popular? I don't pay as much attention to her career. But, you know, she she and Taylor for a long time were kind of neck and neck in terms of most profitable female mm. artists. Um, but I don't know. I haven't been following her career very actively. The last thing I saw of her was this very Tim and eric kind of music video for Swish Swish Bish or whatever it's called. Swish Swish Bish. Which I th- I feel like is also about the same feud. It's a response to reputation a lot of people say. Yeah. Um, and I I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't either. Mm. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was it, it seemed to be like purposefully off-putting and like kind of like unnerving to watch. But it it wasn't funny to me. It was just kind of weird and gross. 
And it was about this like feud that I didn't really care about. And also she's like, I don't know. It's just like one more person publicly calling Taylor Swift a bitch, which Mm. I think sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think that it, I don't know. I want to be careful about, uh, criticizing women for, uh, using the word bitch. Um, because I think there's, a, to a certain extent, it's like that now needs to be the a word that women can use however they want. Um, but also, I feel like she's using it in like kind of a misogynistic kind of demeaning way instead of like an empowering way. So, yeah. Mm. I don't know. Uh, apparently, Katy Perry appeared in a music video of Taylor Swift's in two, or 2019. So maybe oh, there you go. Which was widely seen as a reconciliation between Aww. the two of them. So maybe they buried the beef. <laughs> I have no time. <laughs> Squash that beef. <laughs> buried the hatchet? Is that what, that what you're saying? I, I think uh, Nathan cut out, and I didn't hear what he said, but this is what I think that he said, and let the record show whether or not it's true. I think he said, bury the beef, squash the hatchet. Is that what you said, Nathan? I think there's been a connection issue. Oh. The connection's back. Or is it? <gasps> okay, so... Can you hear me? Uh, yeah. Is it back? You can hear me? Yes. Wait, hold on. I need to, like... For some reason, we're in full screen in Skype. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay, Nathan. You're being a robot. I, I couldn't hear you, and I know that you made a joke. And I'm just going to say what I think... Can you hear me now? Yes. You're roboting a little bit. Okay, is it better now? Yes. It appears to be better. I think the joke that you were making when you cut out from Skype was they buried the beef and squashed the hatchet. Am I correct? That's much better than what I was going to say. I oh, just okay. said buried the beef. And then I said squashed the beef. I was giving you too beef. much credit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So I, okay. Yeah, but that's way better. I, I thought you were doing one, one of your classic uh, avocado trophies and participation test <laughs> jokes. <laughs> I just helped you helped you complete it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, avocado trophies. Um. <laughs> yeah, you are funny. To laugh about it. It's great. <laughs> I just forgot about that. Past me was a real cut up. <laughs> uh, you'll you'll say something that funny again someday. someday. <laughs> Maybe not soon. <laughs> not, not today. today. <laughs> and maybe not ever. All right. Um, uh, yeah. What next? I once again the Kendrick version. I just I don't think it's his best lyrics. I think he probably wrote them like on the way over <laughs> to the studio. But I but I think it's great because it's great and I think it elevates the song. I think the song is kind of exhausting and kind of weirdly somber without the music video and without Kendrick and the verses which get cut out in the Kendrick version. I think are just um, kind of exhausting. Zendaya is in this music video. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I like recognize her. We like her. I was like, oh, (laughs) upvote, upvote. (laughs) Yeah, she's good. This video also got eight nominations in the MTC Video Music Awards and won two Video of the Year and Best Collaboration. And it got 20.1 million views the first day it was released. That's it. (laughs) That's it for the stats. Guys, did you know Twitter is popular? (laughs) Should we do Wildest Dreams and then call it? Sure. Yeah. So tall and handsome as hell. 
I think the lyric nice dress is kind of a wild <laughs> choice. I think it's yes, weird. It is. Say you'll remember me standing in a nice dress staring at the sunset, babe. Don't remember me in my like most provocative dress or my most beautiful dress. Remember me in the one that's Aww, nice. That, mm, that's nice. Hmm. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I like her. She's nice. <laughs> She might as well have said in a neat dress. Neato. <laughs> Standing in my fine dress. <laughs> uh, this is the, the Lana Del Rey song. Hey, hey, Lana. Yeah. And this is also the one where she went to Africa and people were mad at her for not having any African people in the music video. For romanticizing colonialism. Oh. Yep. Yeah. That. I don't have a specific take on that one. I think it's a fair take. I watched it again, and it's, like, it's pretty... James Baldwin talks about, like, how problematic it is, like, the 50s culture of representing... Doris Day. Yeah, of Doris Day, yeah, of representing, like, the 50s as if that is what was happening in the United States, whereas, in fact, for most people, it was not, and it doesn't represent the lives of black and brown people particularly at all, and and this video feels very much that way. It's definitely leaning into nostalgia about sort of the 50s which is why i loved it when i first watched it it's got like a kind of comforting quality to it yeah if you've been comforting spoon for fed, you spoon yeah. fed on 50s nostalgia mm. but it's sure. yeah but it is that's why the video quote-unquote works is because it's playing off of a nostalgia of a particular white colonialism yeah mm. Mm. well there you go mm. <laughs> funny funny stuff uh I haven't seen it. I think that something that's really fun about Taylor Swift is that she is really, she really likes all of these different elements of culture. Like she's really interested in movie styles, which she plays off of a lot in her music videos. She's really interested in artists of the day. She does all these like partnerships and all of this, like, you know, like working with all of these different artists. And she's really interested in style and her music videos. And she herself represents like all this different style we talked last time about how red is sort of taylor 2.0 and i think you could argue argue this is taylor 3.0 like she starts to represent a really different aesthetic in this um in this like period of her being um but this music video particularly just has really fun and interesting uh costuming there's one scene where she's standing in this nice dress it's gold <laughs> it's golden and it has this huge long train on it and she's it's nice. probably like 15 it is i'd say it's nice she it's got this like 15 foot long train on it that's 15 being, like, foot blown wow. behind her. <laughs> that's a long train for a dress it's beautiful but not for a train track <laughs> It's a short train for a train uh, track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like this, this, this stylistically, this music video is really fun. Like it, it, it's playing on all of this different, like, you know, it's a, it's a period piece in a way that is deeply problematic and also fun. <laughs> <laughs> no problematic things are fun. <laughs> well, uh, I am not super familiar with Lana Del Rey's music. I have heard her singing, and I agree that it sounds mm-hmm. like her. I I listen to her first couple albums somewhat regularly, um, and yeah, she's she's definitely got that kind of uh, affectless, um, slightly bored kind of delivery. People have also I've heard people say that she's doing like 
core person drag. Lana Del Rey is? And, yeah, and that some people are critical of her for it. I don't know if she actually, if that's her. My impression is that that's not where she comes from, but that she she's trying to do this sort of like hipster trailer trash, um, like kind of like, like a, yeah, like drag, like a, like a camp thing. And that some people have been offended by it. I don't know much about her. Maybe we should talk about her. She's yeah. I mean, (laughs) she seems like she has a lady Gaga style kind of, um, edginess to her choices. Mm -hmm. Who I still think we should also talk about her at some point. Mm, she'd be interesting to cover. I know that's who Nathan voted for. Did I? It's it's been so long. You said that you voted that you voted for Gaga for this season. Oh, well, that was me of so many months ago. Can we even say it's the same person? This is Nathan. Yeah, we're talking about here. <laughs> totally yeah. different. His shorter hair. Ship a real ship of Theseus kind of exactly. situation. Yeah, every part of me has been replaced since then. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Uh-huh. Is there a male equivalent of Taylor Swift? Uh, recently or of any time? I don't know. Hit me up. Um, I would say Justin Bieber has received similar amounts of kind of like, look at this spoiled brat, you know, or like this is just like a super privileged person that's out of touch. Um. But I would say Maybe that he's Ed Sheeran been... a little bit. Uh, he definitely like gets a lot uh, of backlash. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah, but 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 both Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber, I don't think they're as smart um, as Taylor Swift. Did you say Justin Timberlake or Justin Bieber? Did you say I meant, Justin Timberlake? I the think first I time? said Bieber. Yeah. Oh, I, I you said Timberlake the first time. I think I. That would Which be. Which is yeah. it? <laughs> but is Justin Timberlake? I mean, Timberlake is smarter. One. Um, and probably equally bad at acting as Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's good in the social he's network. Fantastic. Maybe he's just Is being he? himself. I don't know. He's he fantastic in Inside Lewin Davis. <laughs> That's he's true. Very good. In he's that. great in that. And in in time, where where time is money, He's literally. So <laughs> <laughs> so he might need good directors. I was just reflecting, watching this music video. I was just reflecting on like how many women I can think of who are sort of similar. Like, I mean, Taylor Swift is definitely sort of ahead of the pack. She's unique in the things that she's doing. But, um, you know, Beyonce has had like a really successful solo career for a really long time. Katy Perry has had like a reasonably successful solo career for a really long time. I think Ed Sheeran is an interesting comparison, but it's harder for me to think of male solo artists who have comparable careers. Yeah, I was thinking like maybe Bob Dylan a little bit in the sense of like starting out as one thing and like breaking out of uh, the genre Hmm. and like sort of reinventing himself several times. Um, Hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. There's not, it's not a perfect comparison. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, maybe in a weird way, Garth Brooks, oh. but I don't. Except he likes tanks for most. Yeah. Of his and <laughs> yeah. He's a tanker. He's and a real his, his form of it reinventing himself was to just do a bunch of pastiches under a different name. <laughs> and yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, uh, I, I could yeah. name a few Pretty bands unique. that have had like a similar arc in some ways to Taylor Swift, but I, I don't know if I can think of any good like solo artists that have done like have had 
lots of success through uh, phases of reinventing themselves. Yeah, I think I'm just observing that it seems to be a thing that multiple female artists have done. And it's a lot harder for me to think of male artists who've done it. I think Ed Sheeran is an interesting comparison. I think Justin Bieber, give it another, you know, five years and we'll Mm. see. I feel like he's still relatively like relatively young in his career. I mean, he's not young in his career, but he's still, he he doesn't have quite the longevity that she Mm -hmm. does yet. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. (laughs) I don't, I I don't perceive there to be as much agency in, in like the machine, uh, in, in, in like his part in the machine, but I really like, I don't know, some stuff I've heard of his lately. He's also in the, in, I think he's in that like weird celebrity church that like Chris, Pratt oh, is no. in. Chris Pratt's in Celebrity oh, yeah. Church? Yeah, he's... It's he's the first positive thing I've heard about church <laughs> in years. <laughs> no, I mean, he. I think he's kind of like, I don't know. It's like a like a weird homophobic church. Yeah. And like, oh. I take it back. He said some like weird churchy stuff like publicly, and it's been kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chrissy yeah. Chris. I'll have uh, to pick a new favorite Chris. <laughs> Hemsworth, maybe? It's fine. It's, it's pine all the way for me, baby. Uh, I was trying to think of a, a a funny Chris to say, and I, I can't. the The only the only Chris that I need in my life Farley. is Chris. Tuh. That's right, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. The, the only true Chris. The only Chris I need in my life is Chris Kringle because Halloween's over, baby. Time for Christmas. Jingle jangle, motherfuckers. Silver bells. Milk and cookies? Yes, please. Oh my god. What are these weird characters we're doing, Cameron? Let's let's be be done. done. (laughs) Uh, uh, This is enough for one life. Be done. All right. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back uh, next week with uh, what's Taylor Swift's next album? Oh, you're all looking at Take me. Re- reputation. <laughs> bah, reputation. Bah, well, reputation. This is her only album. Oh, that interesting. This is, her, this is her tank album. It commercially does Kim, badly. Kim I mean, no. Not really compared to anyone else's work, but it, it doesn't win any awards. Uh, is this the one that has and Look What You Made Me Do? Yeah. I think we, we made her do it. <laughs> I think that song's bad. Oh. Yeah. But it's fun, to, it's fun to quote. And Nathan's cut out again. Bye bye, Nathan. Nathan's the Ellis of this episode. <laughs> Why? He's just making me do it. I the heard that. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week with Reputation. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. In the meantime, you can uh, visit us online at boxset.website, email us at email at boxset.website, tweet us at TopBS Podcast, uh, do all the things about with the Discord and the writing us review on the iTunes. And uh, if you want to be really good to us, you can throw money at our faces at, Patri- at our Patreon at support.boxset.website. Um, you should also listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool. And it, it, it is about and is acoustic music's mostly Appalachian fiddle and banjo style music. Yeah, I have uh, an episode coming out on uh, November fourth <laughs> tomorrow at the uh-huh. time of this release. Um, this happened the same. This happened four years ago when I first started the show, and like no one listened to Dear Alex Lacamoire's episode because it came out right after oh, Trump no. got elected. Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen, but you know, listen to it when you're ready or when you need an escape from whatever reality that we're in. Um, 
uh, come Wednesday morning. Uh, but it's with Elizabeth Laprell from Anna and Elizabeth. And it's just some like incredibly incisive feminist political ballad singing. It's mm. fucking awesome. And I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, and I feel bad about the timing <laughs> of it. <laughs> but, but maybe it'll be mm. perfect. Well, here's hoping. So go, go check that out. And then also I'm yeah having some... The whole month of November is uh, my like pledge drive month, which means I'll be like featuring some awesome big names and at least one person whose name is kind of locally Ooh. big, but should be I think is just mm. as important. So, yeah, but yeah, Adam Hurt, Kaya Cater, and Kim Johnson. It's gonna Hell be yeah. awesome. Yeah, check it check out. Check that out, everyone. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I'll be back next week. I've been Nathan Hunt, and I'm a dildophonist. I've been Cameron DeWitt, and don't forget to vote next week. (laughs) (laughs) I've been Becca DeWitt, and guys, it's my fifth time on the podcast. Say you remember me. Say you do. I can say that just looks nice on you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good. That's that's a good use of the word "nice" in describing a dress in the Sufjan song. Who wore it better? The (laughs) lyric about nice dresses. Sufjan did.